Welcome back to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we speak with people in the school and those who've already left to find out what it's really like there. Now, the next two episodes are slightly different. Coming up now, Saskia Jordan speaks to Anna Caston, head of lower school. That's years seven and eight. Anna is about to explain what life is like inside the school and what years seven and eight actually look like. We hear about something called a love of learning, what the open days look like, how the children develop between years seven and eight, what the teaching is like, what Anna used to do before she stepped into the world of education. So, so much in this episode, and it's a lovely conversation to listen in on. So come with me now, while Saskia Jordan introduces our guest for this episode, Anna Caston. So hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today we're going to take a slightly different tack and quiz some of our staff about making the move to senior schools. What should parents and pupils be considering and what differentiates Ipswich School? What makes it so special? So today I'm speaking to Anna Caston, who's head of lower school, which means head of year seven and year eight. Anna, hello. Hello, Saskia. How are you? Very good. Very good. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you for coming in. And can you just tell me a little bit more about your role, particularly how that relates to families thinking about joining the school? Yeah, sure. So my role, I think, is the I think is the best job in school. I'm sure the other some of the others would argue <laughs> I think is the best job. So I get that really sort of lovely thing where I where I meet children in year six in their primary schools and and meet them when they come and have a look around the school, and then I. I'm the one that helps them and sets up all the induction process so that they come into school and have a really smooth transition from primary to senior. And then I see them through year seven and eight and then go on to sort of pass them on to year nine to middle school. And so I think it's the best time because I see these little nervous children coming in, you know, and there's there are lots of them are very, very nervous moving from small primary schools up into a big senior school. And I see them sort of gain confidence and get to know the school and so quickly they do become Ipswich school students and it's a, I just think it's a really really exciting time so yeah I've definitely got the best job. Thank you so we all know there's lots of excellent schools in Suffolk and, yeah. and Essex what would you say makes Ipswich school stand out? Okay I mean that, that's an easy question in so many ways but then also very difficult I, I think we get the balance right so as, as far as I'm concerned, I've got, I, I come in with the school with lots of different heads on, really, in that I'm a teacher at the school, so I teach maths, so I see it from a teacher's point of view. I see it from a parent's point of view because my daughter's at school. I see it in some ways from a family point of view because my dad and all his brothers and cousins came to the school, so I've got a love of the school from then. And as part of the leadership team, of course, I see it from, from that side as well. But I think certainly from, I think the most one of the most important things is that you have a happy staff. And I think if you've got a happy staff, then that just says so much. I've taught in a lot of schools. If you've got happy teachers who love their jobs and are really passionate about their subjects, you just can't go wrong. Of course, to get the happy teachers, you need good leadership. You need a fantastic head, which I definitely think we have got. I think we've got an incredibly kind, but also incredibly, incredibly fantastic leader in our head. And I'm not after a pay rise. I'm saying that because I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely believe it. And then we just get the balance right in terms of the academic side of school and everything else. I mean, there are the everything else is enormous. There is so much of everything else. And I think that sort of chucking everything, giving your child so many opportunities that they can try so many things, there is always at least one thing, normally lots of things that stick. And the proof is in the, the, proof is in the pudding that... I love the open day actually. So when we have an open day and you see our children, six formers and the younger ones, talking to parents and showing them around, I think that shows how fantastic our kids are actually at the you know, and um, whether it be year eights showing parents around of 
prospective year sixes or our sixth formers who are sort of polished and suited and they, they're just they've got a confidence about them without without arrogance and I think that's what you want to what you want to aim for I mean we've got brilliant resources and all that kind of stuff lots of schools have got great resources but we have got fantastic resources but I think yes the balance between the academics and everything else um, and the amount of effort and time which we rightly put into the pastoral care as well that's really interesting because lots of schools talk about balance, don't they? They talk about well-rounded, yeah. holistic. So you think that's where Ipswich really delivers? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. I mean, I, I come from, as I said, I'm I'm part of a happy, happy staff. I've got a, a child at the school who who absolutely loves it and does so many different activities. Yeah, I do, I do think we've got the. I do think we get the balance right. We get great results as well, but that's not the be all and end all. I I would never choose and would never advocate choosing a school just to get the results or just to be in the first 15 rugby or whatever you you choose a school where your child's going to be happy and make friends and and form a love of learning and I think if you have teachers that are passionate about their subjects and and really love what they're doing that's catching they they're always going to to show that in lessons in their lessons and and children are going to end up with a love of learning so whether you get a an, an a star or a grade nine or whatever at the end of it if you love learning something you know that's going to be that's going to keep you going for the rest of your life you're going to carry on reading fabulous books or solving problems or or you know in loving going to galleries later in life and, and all of those things take you into your workplace as well so yeah I, I, that's what i that's what i think yeah yeah so that actually really matters that love of learning not just for the grade nine or yeah. eight or seven yes yeah, absolutely counts. yeah okay can i just quiz you a bit more you were talking about the year eights and i know you were really proud of them at open day when they Yes, oh, they were amazing, yeah. And you talked about, and I saw it too, you talked about that kind of inner confidence, not arrogance, but proud yeah. of the school. Yeah, absolutely. and I got so many compliments. That that actually is probably my proudest, the time when I, I mean, there's loads of moments that I'm proud of our children, but, but that's one of my proudest moments when parents come up to me after they've been taught, and we don't give the children scripts at all. We just say, there you go, come in on, they come in on a Saturday for a start, voluntarily <laughs> come in on a Saturday, the whole of year eight do, in their uniforms, and they show families around, and they talk to the adults, and they talk to the children of all ages, and show them around the school, and they're sort of so proud to say, this is my physics room, come in and see my physics teacher, and, and they walk around the school with them, sort of chatting to people, and just, just seeming really sort of keen about their school, as I said, we don't give them a script, they can say whatever they want. You know, and they do. So I yes, mean, we just yeah. say answer questions honestly, and off they go. So if you can trust a load of twelve-year-olds to to be honest about their school, and and people still say what they say is fantastic, then that's great. That is great. And would you say then that that is a change from when they enter as in year seven and they've just made that move from primary school? Do you see that develop through those years to year eight? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, children. Not, you can have confident year sixes. Of course, you can. I mean, they they come into school. That's what primary schools are fantastic at, at sort of developing their children to get to year six to a time when they when they need to leave. I mean, they do a really good job of that. But I think that sort of feeling of part of something, that lovely feeling of being being sort of part of a school and and feeling its history every time they go into chapel for example they're sitting on pews that have been there for you know 100 100 and whatever years and sitting there where yeah. where sort of other children's bottoms were 100 years ago I think that's yeah. lovely the history side of it but they feel a part of that that history of the school but also sort of taking it forward the fact that they get so excited when we we win sports games and they get so excited when we put on an amazing musical performance. I just think they have such a lovely sort of pride in the school, which is great. 
So you talked also, you mentioned that Ipswich School gets great examination results. So I'm just going to just quiz you a bit about that. If a parent says to you, will my average child, will they feel inadequate in a cohort like that? No, I don't think so. I think that's one of the, the biggest myths about the school, actually. And I have I have heard that, you know, I've lived in Ipswich a long time. I've heard that reputation of, oh, it's an academic hothouse and my child wouldn't go there, they wouldn't pass the exam. And I just so don't believe that at all. Yeah. I just think, I think we get children of all abilities. I mean, obviously, I, I still teach maths and I and I see such a broad range of abilities. But I think that that's what good teaching brings, isn't it? It's we, we take any pupil of, of, of pretty much any ability and, and move them on and find them subjects that they are going to love. And they might not end up brilliant at maths, but that's okay. As long as they enjoy it and see it's got a point and, and enjoy their lessons, then then we can then we can do wonders with them. So I, I don't believe that at all, that people aren't going to cope. I think give the exam a go. It's, it's yeah. fine. You know, it really is generally okay. And we do have children of all different abilities. And what we like is being able to see the potential in children. I think that's what we're very good at, actually, is finding the potential in the children and finding the thing that they love and they're good at. So it is one of the most popular schools around. Mm -hmm. It does have a large intake at Year 7. And obviously that's a big step up if you've been to a small primary school. Yeah, definitely. So... Are there, what are the advantages to sort of a okay, large but, intake at your Yeah, that's interesting because I, I don't see the school as big because I was I taught in the state system before and the schools are sort of 2,000 quite regularly where we had over 300 in every year group. So for us of having a year groups of about 100 doesn't seem that big. But I, I think it I think it's, a, again, a really, really good balance. You you need a school big enough so that you can find your people. I do. I love the fact one of the really the things I really love about Ipswich School is that you can be an individual here and you can have your individual quirks and your eccentricities and you can you can you know still get on and have a good time and and you can find your people so if there's 100 people in your year group you are going to find your people you know and it might be all 100 of them but it might be a small group and that's absolutely fine you can also have with 100 people in each each year you can have orchestras and you can have choirs and you can put on drama productions like we did a couple of years ago in the lower school production the last lower school production did which had a cast of 99 all with speaking parts plus we had people behind the scenes with the costumes the lights and everything you know you that have putting on something like that is fantastic being part of a group of people who put on something like that is great plus you can have sports teams from you don't just have your a team and maybe a b team you can have an a team a b team a c team a d team and you can still get fixtures so you know whether you're going to be the next Naro toje or whatever or, or or whether you just love running around a rugby pitch getting muddy or or you know or getting that netball hoop or whatever it is if you can if you can still do that competitively at a fixture with all the fun that that brings I think that's fantastic. I think in smaller schools, they, they sort of struggle a bit to field those kind of teams and, and have those big group activities. You you know, Saskia, about what it's like to take 100 children to Cumbria. I do. Cumbria a couple of weeks ago altogether. And what a fantastic feeling that is to get with a big group of children who are all fabulous. Oh, that, by the way, that's another one of my proudest moments of, of yes. year eight. Just tell me year eight. I mean, I've got lots of year yes. seven. So was no, so when tell, we were tell in, me um, more about that. We were in Keswick High Street and we were just standing there and we had... We'd been out for a day. I think we'd walked up to Easdale Town on a big jog, um, learning about geography and learning about glaciers in real life. And we'd acted out being a glacier and we'd been rained on for hours. Um, and we took, um, after, after this sort of big day of walking up the hills, I don't know why I'm telling you, I'm telling you like you weren't there, but I know you were there because you're standing in the was, rain next it. to me. Yes. 
But then get into, into Kesey, and we had the children had a bit of a free time to run around the shops while we were sort of having a coffee, and they and they met up with them. And we were just standing there as teachers, about sort of three or four of us, and the children were sort of milling around in the, in the middle of Keswick. And a woman walked quite a long way, actually. I could see her sort of coming out of a building and walking up to us. And I thought, oh, God, what's happened? And she walked up to us and she said, I, I've walked all the way up here, she said, to tell you what an absolutely amazingly gorgeous bunch of children that you have and how proud you should be of them. And I went, oh, actually, I think I welled up a little bit, actually. Because it was so lovely. She'd actually sort of... She was someone who was sort of in one of the shops and the children had come in and bought something around her and she'd, they'd been so lovely and polite to her that she had actually felt the need to sort of like walk up and tell us that and sort of make an effort to do so. And that was so lovely. It was just really nice. That is nice. so lovely. Yeah. So that's exactly what you were saying about the balance, about it's... Yeah. Don't, ju- don't just think exam results, think about well-rounded, nice... Gosh, children. yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they trudged up to East Altan in the rain with me all day. <laughs> and yeah, it'd been really good fun, actually. Really good fun. And and to stay cheerful all that day in the rain. I mean, it, we did learn a lot about glaciers and glaciers, glaciers, I never know, one of the two. And it was utterly beautiful when you're up there. But, you know, we'd, we'd done a lot of learning, but they'd walked a long way. And, and sat and ate sandwiches in the rain. So <laughs> yeah, and I, I from the same trip, which I'm going to ask you to explain about in a minute. Yeah, sure. My little and my little memory from that was on the way down. It 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 was again. It was just it continued to rain, <laughs> and and it, it, you had to pick your way down through the rocks. It, it wasn't too hard, but it, you know it was fiddly. And I just remember there was a, a girl sort of struggling a bit who hadn't done that much walking. Yeah. And the girl that stood back to help her was one of your most mountaineering. Yes. girls there and she didn't say anything she didn't make a fuss yeah uh, and didn't do it because there. anyone was watching or yeah exactly yeah, just 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 sort of kindness yeah those, those little moments at Cumbria are fantastic which is I mean one of the reasons we we do it but it's um yeah it's such a nice trip isn't it but you're you're going to have to explain to everyone else what is Cumbria the whole of year eight go to Cumbria in uh, October the ra- I think the rainiest <laughs> season I'm not quite sure why we go in October it's great it's, it's character building so the whole of year eight with their tutors all go to Cumbria for a whole week so it's in term time so it's part of our curriculum and we we do there's a lot of learning involved so as, as I just spoke about the geography day we have a history day as well the bus ride is hilarious <laughs> that's the, <some laughs> of the best fun is out on the bus and we stay in sort of different venues around Cumbria in our form group so it's brilliant for team building and tutor goes and someone else to help the tutor and then there's a few of us who are described as floaters but I'm not entirely sure I like them. we do different activities every day and we have a fantastic history day where we go to Vindolanda and an army museum and have run around Hadrian's Wall uh, I'll say a bit more about that in a minute that was really good fun we have a day rafting and gill scrambling which is a bit of a highlight and lots of problem solving climbing uh, high ropes thing plus also on a climbing wall or outside if the weather's okay and then we have a huge mountain walk on the last day which everybody goes out for the whole day I think the longest walk this year was 13.7 miles which is quite wow. long considering it's a bit hilly in Cumbria yeah the Vindolanda day I think the Vindolanda day was my favorite this year and why is that tell us about Vindolanda that I just for a start it's incredibly interesting being I'm obviously I'm a mathematician but I've, so I don't know much about history so learning about the history is really interesting so you go to a fantastic army museum and then you see so it's that sort of idea of the which I think all teachers love is is 
is hearing about it and reading about it and, and seeing a museum. It's, it's not, it's a good museum, but it's still a museum and a little bit dry. And then you get outside and you see the actual fort. And we had a fantastic tour guide that told us all about the, the sort of the toilets and the, the gore and the smells and really brought it to life. And you're looking at sort of where these people actually lived and looking, you know, in, into their houses. And it's, and it's fantastic to see it come to life. And then we go up to Hadrian's Wall and a real-life Roman appears on the wall, <laughs> which is actually Mr. Strange, the physics teacher, dressed up in a bedsheet <laughs> that he's stolen from the centre and run up behind the wall and popped up wearing a toga. The kids' faces were just hilarious. I loved it. It was a very windy day as well, so... Um, yeah, that was very, very funny. Yeah. I think I think another highlight for me was the gill scrambling, which is basically sort of scrambling down a river yeah. um, into sort of pools and through streams. And one of the uh, pupils turned around to her, her friend and said, uh, don't be scared, Mrs Jordan's doing it, so anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old lady's doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, Sophie, I can hear that. <laughs> oh, that's really um, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's year eight but what about so when they join in year seven yeah. you do I know get quite a few children who've come from and they're the only one from their school is that overwhelming yeah I mean that can be daunting I can absolutely understand that they come from little sort of like country primary schools and they're you know from a year group of 10 or something I think our induction prog- process though really helps with that transition and by the time they start I don't think anyone joins not knowing anybody you know even if it's just they've had several meetings with me and know my face and their tutor's face but we we start the induction process so early and and often even by the time I mean they get they start getting to know me and the school when they come around and have a look around and, and come for open day then we make the exam day itself really good fun it's not a it's not a particularly pressurized day at all I mean people do actually genuinely enjoy the day and have said so and we make it as good fun as possible. We feed them lots of cookies. The exams really are not that onerous and not that scary. And they're often, they look like stuff they've done before in class. You know, we're, we're not trying to catch them out. We're not trying to give them trick questions. We just want to find out what they know in order so when, when we teach them, you know, we know where, where we're starting and, and what level we're at. So that's one place when we get to know them. And I do, you know, they do often, I do often sort of recognise children I've, I've helped and met and shown around. Then when they decide to come here in March, then the induction process really starts. And I go out and visit, well, I suppose previously to COVID, I went out and visit every primary school. So I would actually come into their classrooms and meet them in their schools, meet their teachers and chat to their teachers. I still did a few last year, but not so many, but I'll I'll get back onto it this year when I can. So so they've met me, I've spoken to them, find out about their likes and their dislikes, and if they know anybody at all who's coming to the school or, you know, is it the school ready or they think is coming. I then make a, a big effort with the, I put a lot of time into the form groups to make a nice balance, to make sure that if someone does play hockey outside of school with so-and-so and they've met so-and-so at someone else's birthday party, you know, they're all, all so lame, everyone knows each other and stuff, you know, that, they, that they've met someone else. I make sure they're in a form group together with people that they're going to get on with and they might know somehow. Then they come in for an introduction afternoon, so they come in and do some lessons, they do an experiment, a physics experiment, and they do a really cool history lesson that includes a skeleton. They do some kind of murder <laughs> mystery skeleton. It, it looks good fun. Um, they have an afternoon running around on the field doing some sport and some ice breaking games. And they really and that's in their form groups. 
So they get to know people in their form groups and their tutor and they see me again and their, their head of year. So that's, you know, the sort of the second time they met everyone. Then they come into school for a big summer picnic before the term starts. And then again before term starts, the day before term starts, they come for an induction morning and the children come into school for induction morning and their parents go somewhere else, go to our Rushmere Sports Hall for, a, for an induction morning. And so by the time they actually sort of walk through those big blue gates on Newbury Street on the first day, they know exactly where to go on the first day. They know exactly what they should be wearing. They know exactly what to bring. And they know exactly who they're going to be with. So you've just taken away all the Yeah, all the you take away all that... those, you know, all the sort of yeah. the worries they have. And, and strangely, when you do speak to children about what, what they're worried about, their number one anxiety is always getting lost. Yeah. And we've taken that anxiety away. We've taken them, you know, on the induction morning, we go to every single classroom where they're going to go to. They know exactly what lessons they've got on the first morning or the first day. So we take that away from them. Apart from the fact yeah. that, you know, they don't get lost because there's lots of people around looking after them. Well, you say always, if you don't know where you're going, just follow your form, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I also always say to them as well as if they're scared of coming from a tiny little school to a big school, don't don't think about it as being the 800 and whatever in the school or the 100 people in your year think about the 20 people in your form there are only 20 years you know around about 20 people in every form sometimes a couple more a couple less but around about that and it's them that you've got to know so it's one tutor and 20 children and that's just not as daunting and you go to every lesson with them and you follow you know you go around in a little a little herd around the school and later on we branch out and they do other things and they they meet other people but to begin with, they just need to think about 20 people in their form group and they will be by then hopefully with people they know, they recognise and, and often are friends with already. So that's how you get the benefits of lots of sports teams because yeah. you've got four or five forms. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got all of that opportunity, but actually in terms of feeling secure. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You've just it's, got it's a small and cosy school in lots of ways, yeah. but yeah. with enough people to, to feel good teams and, and, and you know put on fantastic performances. Thank you. So I know you love teaching and I know you were, you were tutoring just yesterday, is that right? Yep. Yeah. And that was just someone you just wanted to help out. One thing we, we do a lot with the community and, and I think that's what's lovely about being a town centre school is that we, have, we feel such a good part of the community. We're not stuck out in the stick somewhere sort of as, a, as an extra. And our community in Ipswich is an incredibly mixed community and we have a lot of, like every town, we take our fair share of refugees. We have a fantastic charity called Suffolk Refugee Support and we work as a school, we work quite closely with them and we run a homework club for the children uh, at school in the sixth form centre and that's children of uh, refugee children of all ages from 11 up to 18 and they come in and our sixth formers help with them and I think it's lovely for the younger children as well to know that that goes on and to see to you know to sort of be aware of children that don't have it as as easy and, and they're not as lucky yeah. as them and we have several children that us as, as teachers work with and we see them in the holidays as well so we tutor them one of those children happens to actually come to our school now so he he got a scholarship for sixth form a fantastic boy and he's doing the best maths the math maths a level which is the best a level obviously obviously and so we're <laughs> in the holiday summers and we get together and do some math so that's nice that is yeah and so a few other teachers we still mentor other other ones of the yeah. children yeah 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 so you yeah I, I, you really do love your subject i do but you weren't always a teacher. Ah, no, I wasn't. Tell, no, I was a secret tell me, past. <laughs> tell me about. Tell me about this past. It's not that secret. The kids love hearing about this. Honestly, they're always the strange children would much rather hear about my my previous job than than maths. And there was a police officer, so I did a ma- I did do oh. a maths degree um, at Southampton University, and then I left university and became a police officer in Kent in my twenties. Before then, leaving that and training to be a teacher. 
And what? So what drew you to the police force? I think the sort of, I think the excitement that sort of being young and wanting to do something, something that made a difference and something to 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 help, I suppose. And you know, it was, it was really exciting being in your twenties and racing around town in a big car going Nino Nino is fantastic. I mean, who, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> big blue lights flashing. It was it was great fun. I saw a very different side of life. I think. Yeah. Also. Yeah. 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 And do you draw on any of that? previous experience in your teaching now yeah I do I mean from from daft things in that I do gosh no I should say this really I do a lesson on when we do for example if I'm trying to I think with with math sometimes that can be seen and I certainly think by older generations can be seen as quite a dry subject that and there's always that question well what am I going to use that for really annoys me I think if you can find something that will hook children's imagination especially with the younger years then they will remember that. So if they, if they can't remember, for example, the lesson about perimeter and area, if I can sort of find a hook and say, well, look, look, this is, do you remember that lesson? They go, oh, yeah, I remember that. So just just as a stupid example, I do, um, I, I managed to, I don't want to say steal, I want to say keep a bit of police tape from my times yeah. of cordoning off crime scenes. And so I, I cordon off an area of the classroom and I chalk, because you can, you can hoover chalk out carpets, sorry. <laughs> Uh, a chalker chalker body on the floor with a with a compass next to it yeah. to say to say and then everyone they all come in and go oh I go, yes this person did not do their homework and this we found this body on the floor and and then it's a stupid introduction to the point that we talk about the difference between perimeter and area so so area is the amount of blood blood soaked carpet we have to send off to the forensics lab we say soccer, soccer, actually, seems a crime officer. I'm getting all American. I've been watching too much telly. And and the perimeter is, is the length that the crime scene takes. So, you, so we take it and sort of stretch it across the classroom and measure the length of that. So it's just a really daft example that takes me five minutes yeah. to set up that, that gets them to remember it. And to be honest, as a police officer in Kent, you didn't, I didn't go to many murders, not many, you know, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of telly, isn't it? Not everyday life. But there are, there are other things I bring to, I mean, certainly just the sort of, I think dealing with any subject, any anything that comes up, teaching is always different in the same way that policing is. Every single day is different. Every single child is different. Everyone's an individual. And I think everyone's got to, you know, don't take everything at face value. So that's yeah. the other thing is that we have lots of children that, and they, you think in a sort of a lovely sort of middle class independent school that everyone's got happy sunny lives and not everyone has some people have had a really tough time or are having a tough time and I think sort of seeing behind everyone and yeah treating everyone as an individual and not being surprised by anything I'm pretty unshockable and and a lot of policing is in fact I would say 99 of policing uh, percent of policing is dealing with people and chatting to people and dealing with victims I think a lot of people who watch the tv think you're dealing with with murders every day and with yeah. nasty villains who are also quite cool and that doesn't it's not actually true you spend most of your time speaking to people and dealing with victims and people who have been burgled and assaulted and so I think speaking to people and listening to people is a yeah it's a good so that's a real forward. for me I'm just picking up a real that's a real pastoral USP really isn't it that yeah ability to be unshockable to yeah absolutely me I mean there's nothing yeah. that any child can tell me that I probably yeah that, that I'm going you know that, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've you've told me a lot about uh, moments of, of being very proud of the year yeah. sevens and the year eights. How do you think you've shaped lower school ethos? Oh gosh. I'm sorry. God, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because... Yeah, really difficult. <laughs> I would like to think that I want our children. I I think it's a it's a difficult time to be a teacher. A difficult time to be with children with with all their 
with what's been going on in the world. So this, these last couple of years have been very incredibly interesting to time to be around children who are at the forefront of the sort of really the new ideas. They teach us so much, don't they? With mm. I'm just yes. thinking of the whole the sort of BLM movement, the Sarah Everard, the all of, all of that stuff that's going on. It's been such a brilliant time to be around children because they are so just sort of honest and yeah. so good at teaching us what's going on in the world from a different viewpoint so what I really what I'm hoping I'm doing and, and this is a continuation it's not what I have done this it's a continuation yeah. of a sort of I think of listening I think of listening being a really big thing and listening to the younger generations of what they have to say to us about how they want their world to be in the future and, and we haven't always been getting it right I don't think with the older generations and I think listening to them and, and taking their ideas forward and giving them a voice I think is incredibly important so we do have a lower school council where we listen to their voice but that's a reasonably formal setup where yeah, a child sort of a couple of children in each form represent the views of their children but I'm, I'm set up well we have set up a consciousness club in lower school and we're, we're, uh, we have a call it out system in school now, which is which is coming down the school, which starts in lower school very soon. We've, we've piloted it with, with our six formers. And I think, yeah, taking taking that forward is an ongoing procedure of, of just listening more and making sure that even though I'm in, you know, we're in our <coughs> 50s, um, we, still, <laughs> we still keep open minds about things and we listen and we sort of reflect what's going on in the world as well. So that's a bit of a wishy-washy answer. Sorry, Saskia. No, it's but. not. No, it's really good. It's, and it's actually, it's quite interesting because I'm going to be quizzing the head about values and one of our values being communication, but it's yeah. actually the one we, we talk least about. But it's right yeah. at the heart of what you're saying. You know. It is. And communi- communication with me, I think it is so, so key. So what, what I do try and do is, you know, we have lots of communications with parents, more at this school than I've had at any other school I've, I've worked at. And that can only be a good thing. But sometimes I think I'm trying to move away from, or have tried to move away from, the sort of the the emails pinging backwards and forwards. And I'd much rather pick up the phone and have a conversation with someone. Or I mean, it's been difficult with the coming into school because of the the COVID regulations. But yeah, that sort of picking up the phone and chatting to people and and sort of, you know, sometimes having differences of opinions, and that's okay too. Yeah. But I think that sort of yes, I think communication is is definitely key, and we don't always get it right but we blinking will try as, yeah, as hard as we yeah. can to get it right yeah. and yeah. and there are communication issues sometimes I think at a school as busy as this you're always going to get times when when things clash or or you know we, we get things wrong or the children get things wrong and the way we communicate that and deal with that I think is really important yeah and observation from my point of view I've, I've worked at a few schools and I've never known a year seven teacher tutor go into a year six school yeah. and go into each individual school. I think that's that's really quite unique. What are your top tips for parents? What can they do to help? Oh, okay. I think parents are often very anxious. So I think it's without, without being a robot, try and hide your own anxieties as a parent. I think if you're panicking, rushing around, filling in forms at the last minute, ah, that kind of like mad sort of, you know, thing, I think get the admin done and then that's the, the worry out the way. Cause, yeah. Because children do pick up on all of that, even if they don't think they do. So I think hide your own anxieties. But listen to theirs. I, I think there's, you know, don't poo-poo them. And don't try yeah. and solve them. Because lots of them, you can say until you're blue in the face, oh, it'll be fine. When I went to school, this happened. And I don't think that helps. I think listen to yeah. them and and understand and say, yeah, I understand your anxiety. So empathise with them and, and listen to them. 
you know, if they are, obviously, if they are solvables, I haven't got a pen, well, here you are. That's very different from, I'm always going to get lost. I'm never going to make friends. Those sort of big anxieties. You just saying, yes, you will, is not going to help. I think if you can, as a parent, they're making sure that there is one person that is a friendly face that they know in their form. And that there's definite, there's definite things you can do about that as a parent. And, and if you if you really can't think of anything, and again, this communication thing, pick up the phone. You, you'll have my, you, you'd have my email address by then. You'd have the schools, you'd be in touch with Laura Trainer, the admissions manager. Yeah. You'd know how to do that. So if, if you really are genuinely living in absolutely the middle of nowhere and your child generally has never met any of the children in their form, I mean, they will have done through the induction process, but you've got a whole summer where you could, yeah. if you wanted, sort of meet up. But I think, yeah, don't, so, don't show so your get own in touch and yeah, keep so in get, touch with us yeah. and with and, you know, try and make sure there is at least one person that they know. Brilliant. Thank you. It's fascinating seeing how seeing pastoral care in action. Really <laughs> interesting from my point of view. <laughs> my silly questions now. Last quick fire questions. What's the best school dinner? Oh, God, they're all they're all fantastic. The school lunches are a nightmare for teachers. We come into school, we come to school, everyone just puts on two stone automatically. It's just horrendous. I spent the last 10 years trying to lose it. The lunches are too good, I think, personally. What do I like? Oh, chicken Joe wraps I like. They're not, they're not there. Yeah. That's a lovely, really healthy option. I'm sure I should be saying the gorgeous fish dishes and stuff, but I don't know if I like chicken no, Joe wraps chicken are gorgeous. Wraps, I've heard chicken wraps before. I do always want to um, say, can you put a bit more in though? Because I'm too greedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the uh, alumni told me that they went round twice, but I wasn't going <gasps> to tell anyone. I know. That's double dining. Not- can't do double dining not to be repeated okay and what's the favorite part of the school day for you favorite part of school day i like standing in the playground in the morning with my cup of tea and saying good morning to them as they come in tuck your shirt in etc yeah and yeah i like seeing them get off the bus and it's nice seeing them get off the bus because they're often with different people because they have little bus communities as well as and that's one one of the things people are nervous about is getting on the bus actually but they form their own little bus communities and you see little year sevens come on with with the year tens chatting and things like that coming into the school so yeah, I like that part of the day. Okay, very interesting. And what's the best assembly? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd like to say what a mine, but I'm not sure. Go on, then. <laughs> no, no, I generally don't think it is. I like, I like, oh, God, Mr. Weevil will kill me for this, the headmaster. The headmaster's done what? some memorable ones. Yeah. Yeah, no, he has. I remember the Doctor Who one for Women's Day. Yeah, no, he's done some very memorable ones where his phone's gone off and you go, oh, what's going on here? And he's talked about... Is it emotional cheesecake? No, see, this is the bad thing. I can't remember the can't remember what it was about. And elastic bands. He, yeah, no, they're inter- they're great. Nick's Nick's assemblies, oh, and, and we have a big okay. assembly for the whole school every two weeks. And it's just fantastic getting everyone together. And he's done some he's he's done some really cool ones. Okay, so so watch out for headmasters assemblies. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that's what the children told me uh, at Cumbria as well. I said, oh, you, know, you could be in assembly, and they went. Miss, we really like assembly. (laughs) (laughs) I like performances in assembly, actually. That's another thing. When we have the musical performances in assembly, they're amazing. There's no way I could have got up at the age of, I don't know, 14 and played an instrument in front of 880 people. I would have died. But, you know, the fact that they will get up there and play and everyone goes mad and claps them. So listening to beautiful music played played brilliantly by children at, you know, 8.50 in the morning is is a bit of a high. It's a fantastic way to start a day. Well, that's it. Thank you so much. I've Thank you, Saskia. So Lovely much. chatting. Lovely to chat to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So that was Anna Caston, head of Lower School. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. So good of you to give up your time. And if you, the listener, have any questions following anything that you've heard, then you can reach the school by visiting www.ipswich.school. 
Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.